it was really a really good performance. And I'm not trying to review the Auburn game, but that is the blueprint for how Georgia will play and win football games the rest of the season. It might not be against Alabama, maybe not against Florida, but the rest of the games, that's the blueprint. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 246 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. This is the Georgia versus Tennessee preview show, and I'm joined today socially distanced on my back porch by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. This matchup of the dogs and the balls takes on a more personal note than usual this year, all because of the whole Cade Mays transfer issue. And yes, Mays will be suiting up and starting for Tennessee this Saturday, naturally. Tony has many jokes directed towards Mays' father throughout the episode, so try to keep up with them. <laughs> All right, we're just going to go ahead and jump on into it, but before we do, make sure you're subscribed to our show via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcasts so you can let us know what you think about the episode or how the dogs are playing during the game because, as you know, Georgia Game Day Twitter is very active and fun for us and everybody involved. All right, now the show starts. Hope you enjoy episode 246. First off, congratulations to the Braves. One win away. Yeah, it has been. um, If you would have given me, um, if you would have said the Braves through four games in the playoffs were a game away from the NLDS and had only given up, what, three runs? Yeah, yesterday. (laughs) That's it. I would have been like, no, nah, come on, you're, you're kidding, think, right? I think it's been 39 innings, and they've been they've held they've held the opponent scoreless in 36 out of 39 right. innings. For right. the record, if they play if they do make it to the LCS, they will not do that against the Dodgers or the Padres. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no whoever they play, they no. want, they they will no. have to start hitting a little I, bit. More. I th- you know, it's interesting because Walker watches every single Braves game, and he has MLB the Show, and it updates the roster, so he right. knows literally the second baseman for the Padres, the third baseman. Close and up. I asked him, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I asked him, I was like, so who Never do you change, want? <laughs> I was like, who do you want the Braves to play if they make it? He was like, well, I don't want to face the Padres. No. He was like, the Dodgers. And it surprised me. No, he said that Padres. he would rather face the Dodgers based on their offense, not necessarily their pitching. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's wrong in that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's like. The, the, I mean, I want to beat the Marlins too. Yeah, I want to beat the Marlins, the Marlins tomorrow, yeah, twenty nine to three. Right. Again. But listen, you know, this is the this is the thing. This is what we've been talking about. Remember, three years we've been doing this podcast for so long. I remember three years ago saying on this podcast, you know, if there was one team from the NL East I'd want to be over the next three or four right. years, yeah. it's the Braves. Yeah. And you guys were like, really. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Three divisions in a row, right? <laughs> and, uh, and this feels like this feels. I don't know whether they're going to go to the World Series this year, or even if they're going to get out of this this uh, series. But clearly, a step forward has already been made. Yeah, and uh, and you know that is something to to. Uh, now I look forward to them. You know, getting really close and mm. disappointing again. Yeah. And, That's what Leach yeah. guy knows baseball. Yeah. 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 But, well, it was amazing today. Somebody asked a question about. Acuna's little trot that he does around third base and I remembered it was something last year that came up when uh, I forget now I forget the pitcher's name Martinez on the Carlos Cardinals Martinez. Carlos Martinez g- took umbrage to him doing it which is like, a Cardinal Will. fan it, as a, which as a Cardinal fan is hilarious by the way because yeah. Carlos Martinez has been the punk like people have accused him of being a punk forever until he became the old guy that accused Acuna of being the punk. Right. This is just it's the circle of life in baseball. Well, in like I mean, ten years, Acuna's gonna be like these young players right. don't get it. <laughs> I it, it there is a level of 
irony and hilarity. Now the Braves are the play fun play team, right? Yeah. Considering two years ago they were like they should play the right way. Well, McCann is not around anymore. I understand that. <laughs> well, I need to direct you to Will's article that he wrote last yeah, sorry, year, and that, that's what was the answer. Will I tweeted Will. I was like, hey, Will, do you have any insight to this? He was like, as a matter of fact, I do. I wrote this for MLB.com last year about, the, about just that exact thing. I mean, and he was also like four years older than Kevin May's pinky finger. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Drink, well, everyone. Yeah, is, that, if it, as long as there's not only one. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that we'll have we'll The, have the question is, how will, uh, if you can time it correctly, I would like you to have as many references as there are digits, which is to say 19. <laughs> oh, we're counting toes, too? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it could have happened. Well, they're from the mountains. We don't know. That's how true. Could, that's true. Be toes or maybe there's feet. like a morphing, you know, like. Is yeah. That, uh, I mean, they're not, they're not from where I'm from. They're not yeah. webbed, probably. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, so it is Tennessee week with that note. Yeah. With that note. Um, I, you know, one thing we talked about in the post game actually that kind of came up a little bit. I'm was not week three. There, and a half. there was there was an interview with uh, Josh Brooks or Brooms as he is known, Brooms. where uh, he talked uh, uh, about. I think he was, was on a Zoom call to a several it was a press conference almost uh, about the distancing and the students, and you know we talked a lot about in the, that in the post game show, and I think that he and again he's a friend, but I do think that he struck the correct note uh, in that, which is to say on one hand. He pointed out that it did look a little different on television, and if you looked at the general at the at the stands themselves, they were actually they were much wide, more widely uh, separated than other places. But he also noted we have to do better with the college kids, and I think and I think they're going to try. And I think that like you all know, things we could agree with, right? Yes. Yeah. So to me, that that was the right way to handle it. I think there are people around, uh, specifically in the SEC, but around uh, college sports, college football, and sports in general, who would have gotten more defensive about that statement. Yeah. And said, "You people, you media, coming in, try to cause some sort of trouble or so on." And uh, I think the cor- I, that was the correct way. I, I thought to respond to it. And Do you I, mean Mike I suspect Leach? Now? You, I'm curious. What's that? Well, you mean Mike Leach? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. He's. He, I don't know if One American News has actually covered this yet. Um, but I would. say say that uh, um, I do suspect you it will be if not just because it's just it's not a night game and it's not Auburn not to say that Tennessee is a big deal but I suspect that situation will probably be a little bit not that it was out of control but probably a little bit more uh, uh, under control uh, in this game yeah, yeah. I, um, so I'm uh, because I'm extraordinarily lucky I'm going to the game again mm. um, I, uh, I our friend Clay Westbrook uh, oh, ended yeah. up getting tickets to this game he invited uh, my wife and I to come with him and um, he uh, chastised me for us not talking about the jumbo package. And guys, I'll be honest, I had not seen it at that point. I didn't recognize what we had done. They ran that play twice. It scored two touchdowns, and I had not recognized it in the gameplay and not rewatched the game. Friends, I have spent a lot of time watching <laughs> that play. It is. Um, I mean, I think it's safe to say it's uh, it's good to get you ready for consortium. Uh, the way I feel after watching that play. So it's, it's Jordan Davis. Is there anybody else? Uh, I think it's Shailen Carter, right? I, I, I just remembered seeing Jordan Davis on the to, end. You know who we hadn't called on? We have not called on Chad, the intern, to help us out. Yeah, because I think we left him indoors. Well, We've been doing the show outside. Still, yeah, he's Is he still, still in the basement? He's still, he's still indoors. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, 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 I how do you distance from Chad in this home? I guess he's in the box. We have ways. We have we have our ways. There's a there's a whole bunch of corridors. You know how when you go down when we're downstairs and you look for 
the beer fridge and you yeah. always make uh, a wrong turn yes. so, turn that's somewhere where that's where he is I, for, I, I miss your basement that'll be nice I look forward to, to getting back you know down but there. but I love the crickets and the yeah. outdoorsy it sound nice and place. when you have beautiful weather like tonight where you can be comfortable in a Georgia sweatshirt or short sleeves like will has on yeah it's, it's Jalen it's uh it's Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis uh, that came in. By the way, that first touchdown pass, uh, touchdown play. With uh, Zamir? With Zamir White was amazing. Did you see Fitzpatrick on Fitzpatrick, that? Fitzpatrick, where I was going. Fitzpatrick blocked two two dudes. Just took them out of the play totally. And um, which will be helpful this week because. Seeing Zamir take a step forward has been a nice it's been, little it's, thing. It's been good, yeah. It's been a nice yeah. thing last week. He, he came so close to breaking two runs yeah. this past week. Yeah. I mean, just it feels like, like a, a step. Thing. I know there was some, there, maybe because there was so much hype about him, people were cheering Zeus before on his first carry. But I feel like there's a sense that he's been some kind of disappointment. Uh, I, I think we're starting to see him turn around into form a little bit. Well, I think in the Arkansas game, what you ended up with was Arkansas sold out to stop the run. Period. We're mm-hmm. stopping the run. And the quarterback play did not help. Uh, I think the jitters didn't help. Uh, but once we were able to open up a little bit, and uh, when Stetson came in, frankly, and was able to throw the ball with a little more confidence, and they, they designed a couple of plays to get his legs under him, um, that opened up the running game. Arkansas didn't feel like – I mean, I'm sorry. Auburn did not feel like they had to sell out to stop the run. Uh, and I think they they played some some different defensive schemes, especially the longer we went into the game. But by that point, our offensive line had just so early, uh, thoroughly dominated and demoralized them on the front that there was nothing that they were going to do to stop us, uh, which is good. It was good to see that because I would feel some sort of way about this game if we had struggled in the running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tennessee game, look, we know, we know what Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney want to do. I mean, they provided the blueprint last week. I mean, I mean Jeremy Pruitt is like, he's not a Salakaga uh, Kirby Smart, man. He's just like, just like you know, a worse haircut, but so, somebody that's just like defensive minded coach really just wants to like go in, just like we would dominate you on both sides and all. And they, they showed that last week. I mean, against Missouri, let's mm-hmm. be clear about who they were playing, but still, they blew some guys off the line, and it helps to have a former five star from the University of Georgia back in the and line. And last week was lineup. his first game, right? Last year was his, his first game. Uh, last week was first game, um, and um, let me let me just say this: we, we're of course talking about uh, Cade Mays. Um, but y'all, by the way, you know Cade Mays is for favorite nursery rhyme, right? No, what is it? This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had roast beef. That's the nursery rhyme. So um, the, <laughs> I don't know if that counts as one or two. I, love I feel it. like we should count as two. <laughs> so um, if you fall one short, we're going to count that. Yes, one. I, I appreciate. Like that. Kid Mace. Like, yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> 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 Kevin Mace's hand. So um, that was good. Yeah. And mine don't wow. count. No, no, <laughs> but if you fall one short, I'm totally counting that. So um, Kate Mace is a difference maker for them. Uh, there's no pretending. There's no way around that. Um, their offensive line goes from really good to one of the top couple in the conference with him in there. Um, I think there's some learning for him to do yet. I mean, because he, he was, while he wasn't cleared, um, he only got like two practices in the spring and with uh, Chaney, um, uh, you know, he played for Chaney for a year. Um, right. Yeah. 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 He did. He started, he was here mm-hmm. in 18. So, but he, so he's not, that's not totally unfamiliar to him, but they, um, Tennessee really is going to look for, to, to get the running game going with, uh, it's, it's Chandler Gray and Chandler, right? Um, they're going to be. They're going to really want to do that early. 
Um, and they've been a better one-two punch, statistically speaking, statistically speaking, uh, than White and Cook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to look a little bit at their um, at their opponents. But Georgia goes a little bit deeper. Georgia spreads does around. go deeper, spreads around, um, which gets us to Jared Garantano, mm. who is still there. Um, <laughs> it, it, it feels like. I mean, I think the last time he didn't play quarterback, they had like the original Colquitt punting for them. Um, <laughs> so he is. Well, the key to this game for them is him to do no harm. Uh, in like, that way, he is. Uh, <laughs> uh, some, and I'll interject. Oh, were you about no, go to, ahead. Oh, I thought I was about to ruin a, a point. No. Interesting is uh, I looked up Stetson's and uh, Garantano's numbers. Stetson's 37 of 57, Garantano's 33 of 54. <laughs> Stetson's got 451. Garantano's got 449. Stetson's got three touchdowns. Garantano has five combined, two throwing and three rushing. Right. Yeah, well, what I was saying about Garantano is somebody made the point that um, Stetson Bennett might be the quarterback that Bo Nix thinks he is. Well, Jared Garantano is the quarterback that Bo Nix wishes he was, right? Um, and that, that, that is very much a somebody that's not going to get you into trouble that can make the long throw when he needs to, but also somebody who is, um, when he's on, is a pretty decent quarterback. Here's the thing, friends. He's never been on against Georgia. Mm -hmm. And there are reasons for that. And there are a lot of Tennessee fans like, well, he just has bad games against Georgia. Yeah, that's totally ignoring all the five stars he's trying to throw the ball against and that he's running for his life from. Um, I, I think this offers a very interesting test. It offers... Defensively, a very different test for Georgia than what we'll see next week. And I don't want to start looking ahead to Alabama, but I think in a, it, it has struck me this week, right, that every damn week we're playing somebody. <laughs> it's right. like, oh, my God, we just got done with Auburn. Now we're playing Tennessee, which is what you tried to make last week. And I was like, whatever, Will. But um, the um, it's weird when they look at uh, the, the game you want to be careful that you don't look past <laughs> is Tennessee. Right, right. That's, that's the weird part about it, right? Um, you know, defensively, I think Tennessee is going to. Um, I'd be really surprised if they don't stack, stack the box and bring some interesting looks at Stetson. Um, I, I think uh, Ansley and Pruitt is, they're going to really want to make Bennett beat them. They're not. I don't think they're going to be willing to to let us get a push off the line and let Samir White eat or or Edwards or Milton or Cook eat large chunk plays because. Like if you're going to give Stetson Bennett second and three, which is why he averaged uh, what we averaged, if you're going to let us do second and three, I mean, we might only win by seven, we're going to win, right? Because you're not going to, unless we're giving up the exact same thing, because you're just you're never going to get ahead of the chains with the with um with our running game, especially with our defense, who no matter how well you're playing, we're going to get you off the field some. Am I remembering this correctly? Garantano did not start. The game last year it was Maurer, wasn't it? The freshman from New Jersey that Eric Stokes broke in half. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm not sure Garantano played at all. I think he was hurt. I think he, he, was hurt. he had to have come in after Maurer got got broken yeah. over. Yeah, I, mean, I thought I Garantano was hurt last year. Right. I thought it. I don't. I, I mean, think that dude quit football after that hit. I don't know. I haven't seen him Probably. since then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good, that's a great question. I don't. I don't. Re- I mean, I do remember they were playing some shorthanded. Um, there will be a lot of, by the way, if you're paying any attention, there'll be a lot of hay made about um, Tennessee currently has the longest win streak of all the teams in the SEC. You want me to list those uh, victories? I would love for you to list those victories, Scott. Okay, so it goes back 353 days 
that Tennessee has uh, had an eight-game win streak. The it's, last loss was Alabama, right? The last loss was Alabama. What, fourth Saturday in October? Their traditional Third, thing. Which oh. Kevin Mays can count to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm marking me. That's five, right? It gets four. So. <laughs> You're one short. <laughs> so is Kevin Mays. <laughs> Okay. The, the week after That's derivative, I can't count that. <laughs> the week after Alabama, they beat South Carolina forty-one twenty-one, a South Carolina team that team that finished three and five in the SEC. Then what they, they finished in the, on the season four and eight. Uh, then they beat UAB thirty to seven. UAB was a pretty decent what Sun Belt Conference USA Conference team. USA team. They were nine and five. Then they beat Kentucky seventeen thirteen, an eight and five Kentucky three and five in the SEC. Then they beat Missouri six and six, three and five in the SEC. They beat them twenty four to twenty, not a blowout. Uh, then they beat Vanderbilt twenty eight ten, a Vanderbilt team that went one and seven in the SEC, three and nine overall. And then they beat Indiana. I, I remember watching that game mm-hmm. because it was am- amazing that Indiana just let them win that game. Yeah, it's like it's almost like Indiana walked off the field at the end of the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, they were down twelve points with two minutes left. Oh, they can, right? It was almost like a Falcons loss. What was that final? Twenty three, twenty two. Twenty three, twenty two. And Indiana was eight and five, five and four in the Big Ten last year. And now they've extended their winning streak by beating South Carolina again. And if y'all remember on that, that South Carolina muffed a punt, which they would have had a minute and forty seconds to try to drive to win the game, and they beat. They blew out a bad Missouri team, uh, thirty-five to twelve last week, and that is your eight victories. Four of them coming against Missouri and South Carolina. And sure, a Tennessee fans say you can't talk about South Carolina. Y'all lost to them last year. Hey, watch me, right? Watch <laughs> me. Um, I, I saw something else interesting today, and this may be something you're going to bring up later. Are we nine? We're nine and three against them in the last twelve games. Is that did I hear? I see that right. The last ten games, Georgia is eight and two. Eight and two versus okay. Tennessee. Okay, Guarantano um, did play last year. He by did. The way. He did. Okay. Uh, after after that hit, he came <laughs> in and went one for five. Okay, for fourteen yards. So uh, that is um, um, actually a better quarterback rating than Maurer had. So oh, wow. <laughs> uh, that tells you a little bit of how that went for Tennessee last year. Do you have the last nine games? The last nine games. Yeah, um, I just want Kevin Mays to, be able to go to count that. I think that's a nine and nine and one. Nine and one. Okay. Or no, eight and one. Eight and one. As he, far as he knows, it is ten games. <laughs> it's ten games. <laughs> it's just as high as he it's going. The, he counts the nub. Um, his wife way, does. If there are, that's consortiuming. If there are, if there are any listeners out there who are missing a digit, by the way, yeah, I don't, you're cool, and we would never disrespect what you at all. I'm a big fan of you. Yes, yeah. right. But uh, the the interesting thing, unless with, you lost it in the lawn chair. <laughs> The interesting thing in the series is, you know, it's it's you know Georgia holds a series advantage by one game. It was tied twenty three twenty three, and I For think real? Like a is couple that, is ties. That close? It's it, they they've got it by one. What was it in two thousand? It was something stupid in two thousand. Like oh Tennessee. Well, I'll I'll tell you, Tennessee had won or Georgia had gone one in nine versus Tennessee from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety nine because okay. they didn't play in ninety and ninety one, and then it was five and five. Starting in 2000 to 2009, so that was kind of the turning point because in the last 20 years, Georgia's 13 and seven okay. versus Tennessee. Because when I was in college in the mid 90s, I didn't see a victory against Tennessee. It was Heath Schuler, Peyton Manning, just dominating Georgia, crushing our dreams, hopes and dreams every single year. Yeah, T. Martin out there winning national championships. T. Martin, yeah. And it is weird for me because I don't think of Tennessee that way. Like, I'd be kind of coming when I came here. Right. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, I met Alexei in 2007, but 
you know, and really started watching Georgia closely at the turn of the decade. And Tennessee is just like that. I that doesn't compete with me at all. My uh, children don't understand yeah. when I tell them that Tennessee used yeah. to be good. They're this kind of the, like Nebraska. I, yeah. I feel like Nebraska is like the perfect example. Yeah. Like I, I, and I think Nebraska has a higher opinion of itself than Tennessee does, if just because they're able to use you know better vocabulary. Uh, but I would say that uh, I think Nebraska's. It does feel to me like Nebraska feels like it's special. If you're in the SEC and you've been beaten down the way that Tennessee's been beaten down, you really can't get too like we. Yeah, must once, get back once to Butch Jones place. rolled out the trash can as a motivational yeah. tactic, yeah. that that kind of uh, jumped the shark. But it's weird to think. But but listen, you know, this is. I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, this is the highest you've been in a decade, at least. When's the highest moment they've had? Oh, uh, when they beat Georgia, eight, when, no, they, when they beat Georgia in sixteen, because they after beating Georgia in sixteen, okay, that, on the on the crazy play, on the crazy on play, the crazy I think play. they ended up in the top ten after that. Because I, I think at the time you were like, "Wow, is there actually?" Because they just won like a crazy game yep. the week before that yep. too, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Okay, maybe there's just actually something special about this Tennessee team." Yeah, it turned out there wasn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> it turned out there they, wasn't. I mean, they lost a shot at the SEC East to South Carolina, and then a shot at the Sugar Bowl to Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. right, and. Um, but that was the, that was kind of the high point of the Butch Jones era. Yeah. Um, that that and, win. This is, and and if and if you're a Tennessee fan, you feel and you believe in Pruitt, and you feel like this is he is building toward the next era of greatness that you wanted from Davis and didn't get. This is like this is your pivot game, right? Like this is your notion. You've won eight in a row. True, not great teams. But you've won eight in a row. It's right. pretty cool to win eight football games in a row. Longest win streak in the country. When's the last time they were ranked this high? That's Probably 16. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you know, this is a big moment. You're getting a team that has not, other than 16, it's not gone well for you. Yeah. Uh, generally. So, uh, and uh, other than 16, I guess 15, which was the, that was the Chubb game. Yeah. That yeah. was your birthday that party was my, game. That was my 40th birthday. <laughs> So your 45th birthday, birthday is like in a week. It's Saturday. Yeah. And, so happy um, um, uh, but yeah, so that, ninety. But, uh, but the point is, is like after that stretch, Georgia has been like clearly established itself. I mean, this was the thing for a long time. This is why people freaked out Florida and Tennessee. No, uh, Georgia had that stretch where they weren't winning the SEC East all the time, and none of them really took advantage to do anything particularly mm-hmm. great. Now Georgia is back. And this is the hope for Tennessee, right? Is that like maybe we're farther along than we think, or is are you on the upward swing but still not in the same league as Georgia? And I think that's why they, they're gonna. This feels like them just shooting their shot, uh, such as it is. Well, to give you a little sense of where Tennessee is now in the national consciousness, if you listen to anybody talking about Tennessee, they're not talking about Tennessee in terms of well. When they win the or if they win this game, they've reestablished themselves. It's just if they play Georgia tough, right? right? If this game's close, I mean, that was that literally was the metrics on the metric on the solid verbal and college football pros. Um, they're, they're like and cover two podcasts too. They're all like, "Wow, it's it's Tennessee for real." Well, how do you know Tennessee's for real? They hang with Georgia. This is a close game in the fourth quarter. If Georgia has to do something big to win, right? All of them are picking Georgia to win. That's what eleven point line. Um, you know that's that it's it's crazy, right? As a as a kid of uh, as a kid of the the late eighties and all of the nineties, a, a college a Georgia football fan during that time, yeah. right? Where we struggled and suffered through all of that to 
to be in a place where Tennessee hmm. is, I mean, they're literally measuring themselves against if they can play with Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's stunning to me. It is stunning. And we say this every year during the Tennessee game. It remains stunning. It must be what it feels like to be like a um, – I mean, there's no. I guess I don't. Is there a is there a Big Ten program that hasn't been con, like traditionally consistently good that has now risen? Maybe Minnesota. I, I think guess? maybe it's Iowa. Yeah, well, actually, guess. it's really Wisconsin. Is really who it is because Wisconsin. Remember until until Barry Alvarez. Oh, I guess that's right. Was maybe Wisconsin is exactly right. Right, it's Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. It's yes. like there. I mean. Now, and now they're like, really good. Right. If, but if, for if a Nebraska long time. Nebraska can play with Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. But the difference is, is Georgia's had success. It's just yeah. really weird to me to be in the place where we're discussing um, discussing them in that way. And look, uh, you're talking about 07. That's Michigan you, State might actually not yeah, be a Michigan bad Yeah, Michigan State's what I was thinking of. Um, so but you started dating Alexa in 07, right? Mm-hmm. Which is when the Fulmer era just fell apart. And the fact that Fulmer – look – I'm going to say something nice about Jeremy Pruitt here. The fact that Fulmer may have gotten this higher right is a little stunning to me. Certainly right? not by design. It was not by design. <laughs> I think he, I think right now he's like, well, shit, I'm going to have to fire this guy somehow. Because yeah. he really wanted to bury, speaking of Barry Alvarez, he really wanted to bury Alvarez this That's, That was the whole narrative last year. You know, the no, first he's four looking, or five he games of the season. For a way. He was looking for a way I mean, to get back I mean, imagine if Greg Schiano would have got that job. I don't think he's the coach right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, uh, you, you know how much I love to be able to do this, but if you are a Tennessee fan, you probably do have to kind of credit Clay Travis a little bit with the fact that Greg Schiano is not your coach. Yeah. And it was completely bad faith, like everything that guy does. But Pruitt is obviously a better fit than Greg Schiano was. Speaking of pinky fingers, Clay Travis. Are we counting that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, is pinky finger that huge of an insult? You know what you, know what you can do? You can hold your peaky finger up when you're sipping on champagne at a champagne brunch. I just meant the size of his pecker. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that'll so. work too. Okay, in that case, yes. So, what's the champagne brunch? I don't understand the champagne well, brunch. Well, our sponsor. Sorry, guys. I I didn't mean to do that to our sponsors, but it was just right there. Well, I mean, it's a it's a good segue, but uh, but no, I mean, here's the thing: the game's at three thirty. There's going to be twenty two thousand people there. Probably a few of y'all are thinking like, well, crap, we can't tailgate even behind our cars and everything. So. You know what you can do? You can go to El Barrio or you can go to the Pine. And the Pine has a very special Saturday and Sunday, if you're spending the night, brunch to you where. Spend the night at the Pine? I pr- that probably came out wrong. Um, uh, maybe for a few. I'm not saying I have They I'm just stash you in the root. <laughs> that, that, that would probably work. The root is beneath the Pine, and they have Golden Tea, which is still one of the most fun games uh, you can play. But for the Champagne Brunch on Saturday and Sunday at the Pine, they have 50% off. All champagne, and of course, then El Barrio, and if you're in Watkinsville, the pub on Main, uh, their partners uh, have excellent patios, and you can eat inside, socially distanced. They've maintained that because it could rain on Saturday or Sunday because of the remnants of that uh, that tropical system coming in. But going back to the Pine, they've changed it over to tapas, like a uh, what do you just how do you describe tapas? Just like Finger foods or yeah, plates, small, small plates. Small plates. It's small like, plates. Yeah, baby small food. plates. Yeah, baby. and so you no, know, not baby food. Small plates. Like, would you call the grilled steak tips and eggs baby food? Well, I mean, that's one, one of their featured. I mean, I was born in '68, so yeah, yeah it's baby food. Yeah, I mean, but, we also smoked, but <laughs> I do not feed that excellent sounding meal to your baby. Do not do that. I mean, you feed it to me because I'll eat it. 
It's delicious. Anyway, continue your ad read. They got breakfast sliders. They have salmon and avocado toast for you millennials out there that like to eat the avocado toast. I think that's outdated. Oh, is it? I think millennials are all like... They're all like 35 Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah. <laughs> they're, They have kids and they, they're grumpy. They're so tired. In this economy, no one can afford avocado toast unless you go to the pine. Yeah, Because it's unless. affordable. Because it's only nine bucks. Uh, and yeah, 50% off wine or sparkling... Uh, what do, you call, what do you call it? Champagne, the stuff that my, my wife Sparkling, drinks. Sparkling, Prosecco. There you go. And they have a couple of those there. So uh, so check those out if you're there on game day um, or if you spend the night at an Airbnb a couple of doors down from Will and uh, you wake up the next morning and you're still hungry. So mm-hmm. At the Pine? At the Pine. Yes. <laughs> or El Barrio. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to know I got a great text from uh, Robert Wolf while he was at El Barrio saying, man, that chimichanga. You were not kidding about the chimichanga. Nice. It is good We got a couple stuff. tweets also from, from listeners uh, at, at El Barrio from this past weekend. Awesome. Mm-hmm. awesome. So got, thanks for Keep those coming in. Yeah. Because I share those with Sachin. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to get into the financials of it, but every single time you tweet – uh, that you learned about uh, you are currently eating at El Barrio or the Pine and you got there because of WSLS uh, we get $45,000 a piece that's right right yeah gotta be transparent it's just because the restaurant industry is so flush it's right booming now it's that booming, they just they're just giving money they're, they're, it's like WKRP they're dropping the, the <laughs> money from helicopters right out of the helicopter. and, and Tony said that he uh, enjoyed Sachin calling him out that he caught him wandering the aisles of uh, the bourbon or the bourbon aisle on the on the, the Sunday yeah, the, yeah well I mean I'm not saying it didn't happen I mean it says it could have happened <laughs> so speaking of $45,000 I mean that's the cost it gets to have a pinky finger reattached which <laughs> um, is why Kevin Mays didn't do it the um so in, in thinking about this weekend, I do want to bring up uh, a couple of other little things that um, I I'm not I'm not convinced this game isn't going to come down to um, how well we do involve a second receiver in the tight ends. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you think about Tennessee wanting to stop the run game, we're going to I think I think Georgia will have a lot of two tight end sets. Because well, I know Tennessee's going to have a bunch of two tight end sets, although they don't really like to run two tight ends because they only have one tight end, like literally on their roster. Um, <laughs> which is how many pinky figures Kevin, Kevin Mays has. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the, I think the thing that, that really impresses me about what we might be able to do against them is that we have – I mean, Stetson's first three pads. I mean, he went, what, 21 of 28, right? Do I have that right? He was one for five. Which means he went twenty of twenty four, or twenty of twenty three. The rest of the that's way that's Grayson Lambert territory. Not only Grayson Lambert territory, he he threw some dimes. That pass to George Pickens made my nipples tingle. <laughs> I mean, it was something, right? That play was it was borderline sexual, and it was. Um, there were a couple passes he had Fitzpatrick open, like one of those first missed passes. He had Fitzpatrick open on the same route. And just missed him. Just barely just missed him. Just by a fingertip. Just by a finger. <laughs> we'll take the line. But, I mean, but that's a but that's a that's a pass that Washington catches because he's got his his arms are three inches longer. I mean, I'm trying to be funny. I mean, he's just he's he, six seven. He's six seven. He'll yeah. catch that ball. Um, there were a lot of plays there. What about uh, the deep ball to Jackson? Do you think that that's as far as he could throw it because that's what some people were saying, or was that just where Jackson's so fast he overran it, but then made a great adjustment? Um, I, it's hard to say. Yeah. That's really hard to say. Um, now I, I've talked to my my dad. I mean, Stetson went to my high school, right? He's from Pierce County. Uh, my dad saw him play in high school a lot, and 
like everybody from a small town in Georgia who's, who's now play, plays at the University of Georgia, they either the greatest person ever to walk through there or somebody's overlooked them. As you might imagine, Stetson's been both overlooked and the greatest person ever to play there. Um, but my dad will also say that Stetson, he saw on more than one occasion Stetson make 60-yard 60 60 yard on the fly runs. I mean passes. Um, now, he said he was rolling out. I find that hard to believe, but whatever. Um, I think Stetson has the arm to make the long throws. Mm-hmm. I just think his accuracy is is in question. And yeah, I think that's something we know um, his, his accuracy is going to be in question. Um, but that also doesn't mean that he doesn't have the capability to sling the ball down the field. Um, and once teams have to start accounting for Jackson more, that's going to free up Pickens, right? Everybody's like, well, what's happened to Pickens? He's he's had two do- dudes draped on him yeah. every play. I mean, like the the one time he was single covered, he called a touchdown pass yep. and was just a gorgeous toss and catch. So you know, I, yeah, I'm not worried about Pickens. I'm not worried about Pickens, right? <laughs> yeah. What what I really like to see is a third receiver emerge, whether that be a tight end or a wide receiver. Robertson, um, maybe. I take Robertson. I don't care. But I mean, look. Washington Robertson? I feel like it's like a, like a Robertson. Robertson. I, I, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, I'll take I'll take whoever. Right. Um. Oh, I see. Um. I'll take whatever it is because once you do that, at that point, you're making guys have to make hard decisions, especially that safety about who you're covering. Um. In which and also once you do that, you're almost required to pull another linebacker into coverage, especially if you get your tight ends involved in the passing game. That's why if Cook up. could start right. kind of churning, and I know he's injured his hand, but uh, that wheel route or or just you know a dump off out of the backfield. Yeah, I'm glad you brought wheel route. South Carolina run ran one of the most beautiful wheel routes I've ever seen run against Tennessee, um, and I could very much see us running that game with that that play with Cook, where you you basically swing Cook out and you're you're counting on you're counting on the the corner down there. Uh, he turns his hips out to cover the wheel route. You run a drag route with a tight end, and you got 18 yards of space. Where, look, I'll take Fitzpatrick. I'll take Fitzpatrick against a, a six foot, a six foot tall guy that's 185 pounds. Right? That's a mismatch. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he's going to bring him down, but this this dude's going to stand up wondering which way is north. Um, so, I, I as you can't tell, I'm excited to see how this game plays out. Um, I think we're going to see. Um, I think the narrative Monday is going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of man ball jokes because uh, this is probably the closest thing to at least till Georgia South Carolina plays the closest thing you'll see to a well maybe not Georgia South Carolina I think about because Georgia don't want to have to play that way where you they just line up and bash the crap out of each other uh, and I think that's a game you'll see this because that's look I, I made the joke about Silas College of Kirby um, you know pr- you know Pruitt is. And Pruitt really is Kirby, but with a worse haircut and a taste for FSU co-eds. And he is um, he is a defensive coach who has an offensive um, offensive coordinator that he trusts, uh, and one that he like. We we know what Jim Cheney, offensive uh, coordinator nomad, what they call him on the verbal uh, consultant. offensive consultant, offensive consultant. <laughs> we know what he can do, right? He, I mean, he was a fantastic offensive coordinator for Georgia. Um, but we also know his limitations, and the, and the one thing that you he he has a tendency to fall in love with plays that work early, um, and that is something especially against a team like Georgia, who's both very good at a, adapting and adjusting. We saw that in the Arkansas game. Um, 
that is something that will that will pay off. I think, especially if he gets he if he starts selling out on a play that really works, um, that makes me feel good about us um, us making this game go exactly how we want to as we script it. It, it is worth remembering too. Like last year, they beat them handily, but remember it was tight at the end it of the was. first half. Yeah, they they had those two touchdowns at the end of the first half that kind of. Got him going a little bit. Like there was definitely for that first quarter and a half, you were a little like, all right, they're gonna pull away in a second here, right? Which frankly is not entirely different than the way a lot of games felt last year. Um, but you know, I do, I, I do think that there is this presumption that because Georgia is has, is a is ahead of Tennessee, not just currently, but feels like just foundationally ahead of Tennessee right now, that this is gonna be a. You know, get away to see we got Alabama next week, and I, for the record, we'll get to our predictions. But I feel comfortable and confident in this game. But I mean, this is, would you say this is our third toughest game the rest of the way? It's Alabama and Florida, and then this. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like I mean, this is like, it, like it's it's a three game. Like again, they lost to South Carolina last year, so obviously weird things can happen. But if you're thinking of it as a the toughest yeah. three game season. That the, the next the, those are the three. Yeah, this and, would have been the fourth game on the on yeah. the schedule in my mind. So yeah. and and I and I th- I would hope that they would treat it uh, accordingly. And also, I would hope um, if the, I think the only way you can look forward to next week's game is if you do get a comfortable lead, then you need to make sure that like nobody gets hurt before next week and everybody gets some playing time yeah we see we see Mathis or Daniel and whatever I don't want to like I don't want to sound like like oh after we blow out these chumps I don't think we will yeah but like that is like that is also if to me the only thing you're looking forward to for next week looking ahead for is to make sure that you keep everybody fresh and rotated in because uh, um, even if something goes wrong in this game you're put this way you're going to need to win that next week even more if something goes wrong in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So defensively, I mean, just kind of more of the same. W- would you have described the Auburn game as a crockpot game? Oh, 100%. Yeah, especially yeah. from the defensive perspective. Yeah, so it, it's it's funny. Um, a lot of uh, – there there's some chatter around. Uh, Georgia, Georgia just, like, let off the gas against Auburn. Well, yeah, they lost the gas. We ran the ball like 44 times yeah. in the second half. What would have been the purpose of running at that 24-0 pace mm-hmm. or 24-1-0? That, yeah, like, there's what, no need to. Why would you even? Yeah. Like, there's no. no reason to do it even if you want to. Look, like, it's a lot harder for Auburn to score if their offense is on the sideline. Um, and that's exactly what we did. If you if you look at the drive charts, we ran the ball so much more. On, we didn't take shots down the field. All the throws were crossing routes or underneath routes. Um, I think we ran – one pass play of more than 10 yards in the second half, and that was a third and long. Um, and it was absolutely crockpotting, right? You you had you had a comfortable lead at halftime. You um, you basically are, at that point, a crockpotting is, we're just going to sit on you. We're going to match you. You score, we're going to score. But if, if you stop kicking, we'll let you die in peace. And that's exactly <laughs> what this was. Um, I mean, in, in that way... Georgia is starting to look a lot like 2015-16 Alabama. Um, now, I, I realize the the comeback to that is well, offenses have changed, and you have to. I, I, there's I'm, no Tua yet. There's no Tua yet, and I'm not going to argue with you about right. that, right? I agree, but I mean, who was the quarterback in that 15 Alabama team? Was it, was it Brody? No, he was a long time before then. Whoever it was, is it John Parker? 
No. Whoever won, but they won a national championship that year. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was Greg, uh, the, was the guy McElroy? on SEC, McElroy. Whoever it was. was it, no, McElroy. No, no, it was, it was that guy that came from Florida State. No. For one year, right, yeah. I got to yeah. look this up. The transfer We're from Florida get State. We're going to look this up. Hold on. Yeah. It There's, wasn't Matt McElroy. Was, remember, McElroy was the Jets Blake, backup It wasn't Blake. and Sanders. No, it wasn't Blake Bar- Barnes. Why don't I say Blake? No, Bort, it was a Bort. transfer from Florida State. I don't remember his name. Then again, the best gift you can give any podcast listener is giving them moments to yell at their phone. Yes. Many people are doing that right now. And we hear you, and you're in traffic, so I know people think you're yelling at the car in front of them, so be careful, because during a pandemic, people are very kind of tightly wound, so you may end up angering someone, then you have a Russell Crowe unhinged situation on your hands. No, Michael Douglas falling down. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's a better movie than the the Russell Crowe unhinged movie, but uh, the point is, is I have a monologue that I'm continuing to do now while uh, Tony uh, kicks Chad in the face. I really hate to... hate it when I have to admit Scott's right. Jake Coker. Jake Coker. Jacob Coker. So tell me, I mean, so Jacob Coker, if you had to guess, I mean, if you had to guess what he's doing now, what do you think he's doing now? Selling uh, Aflac or something? Um, he, he's very excited about what lies ahead after he left the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals in 2017. That's all I have in Wikipedia. Um, so look, I'm not look, I'm not comparing Stetson Bennett to Jake Coker. What I'm saying is, is that this Georgia team is starting to look a little bit like that Alabama team in 2015, where you play super stifling defense better than last year. You have competent enough offense to give you a chance to be in every game. Don't forget, Alabama won that national championship game against Clemson, 45-40. They can they can score points. Well, we probably could have set our number last week. I really believe that. I mean, we were able to do whatever we wanted to do last week against Auburn, and Auburn is probably the third best offense we'll face, a defense we'll face this season. I mean, that might not be the case at the end of the season, but I bet it's not. But it's certainly in the top half. Easily the top half. Yeah. I mean, right? one of the best performances was Tyson Campbell on on Seth. Uh, Right. Williams. Right. And that's exactly – and that's that's another point. You cannot overlook the role in the defense in a crockpotting game, right? When you get out to that kind of lead and you just make their offense – their offensive game plan just miserable, you're just setting up – you're setting up yourself in a place where the quarterback start making the mistakes, starts forcing plays. The offensive coordinator doesn't want the hell he's doing suddenly. Um, well, it's Chad Morris. The guy would – we just talked about Clemson in the national championship. He was their offensive coordinator, right? I mean, he didn't forget how to coach football. Uh, maybe he did. I don't know. I mean, he was at SMU in Arkansas. But um, the I, my, my point in saying all that is that you have to look at this Georgia team. Look, we could lose Saturday. It's a it's entirely on the table. We lose Saturday. If we do, we do. But right now, with the defense as good as it is. The defense uh, offense only just has to play so, so good enough. They have to be better than they were last year. Frankly, so far, they've looked at least as good as they did in the first half of the season and better than they did after the South Carolina game. They certainly seem more inventive than last year, too, which I it, think is actually kind of a key point. It is super key because the game that, the game that um, Monken called last week was masterful. He had that defense on their heels 
even in the second half when we were running the ball, they knew we were running the ball. They just had no idea where we run the ball from, what blocking scheme we're going to use. You have to give Matt Luke that credit. And then you think about what um, the defense did and the way they shut down. They were just after Knicks the entire game. I mean, I don't think Auburn had two runs over five yards. And they were, I mean, they were like, the other game they were jumbling up trying to run on us because they were like, okay, that's the only way we move the ball. It was really, it was really, a really good performance. And I'm not trying to review the Arkansas, uh, the the Auburn game, but that is the blueprint for how Georgia will play and win football games the rest of the season. It might not be, it might not be against Alabama, maybe not against Florida, but the rest of the games, that's the blueprint. All right. Well, y'all have a choice. Do you want to go ahead and? Well, no, you don't have a choice. Um, we, this is what we're gonna do. I pick what you say. We're gonna do our contest oh, winner. Yeah. So earlier this week, uh, I found, and, and by the way, this was dated October seventh, two thousand. Today is October seventh, twenty twenty. So twenty years ago, to the day was the day that uh, Georgia beat Tennessee twenty-one to ten, and they tore the goalpost down. Not not the team, but the fans. <laughs> The only time Sanford Stadium has been rushed by the fans and goalposts torn down was 20 years ago tonight. I can confirm that people went on the field. <laughs> so I have a, um, a commemorative, uh, what do you call it, scorecard that they used to give out all the time. People would just be handing them out as you leave the stadium. And uh, so, yeah, we did a uh, Twitter giveaway. And so Tony and or Will, I'm going to have you select the winner. And we had... Many, many, almost a hundred entries or more. Oh wow! That's on awesome. this, so uh, we are going to put all of these in a hat mm-hmm. as I'm shuffling them around, that's, and then, that's a beautiful hat. And then Will is going to select the winner, and the winner is okay. This hat is full of mayonnaise. That was a really cruel, cruel prank to play on me. You should not waste mayonnaise. So uh, read the Twitter handle of the chosen winner, Will. Okay, that you chosen select. Chosen winner is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Nick underscore J. Congratulations, Nick J. Nick you, two Y's. I think there's two Y's. That's why I even said better, J. Nicky J. So yeah, you Nick win the J. You win the commemorative Georgia versus Tennessee twenty year old twenty one to ten score placard, whatever you want to call it. It's made of paper. You can frame it. I would recommend that because it's uh, brittle and twenty years old. But uh, Tony, you were you you weren't at that game. Uh, you were sure. in, I was very much you were, in that game. Oh, you were at that game. So, yeah, I don't remember it that well. I was a student in the student section. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did not go on the field. I do remember that. Uh, but it was one of those exhale moments because, like like we had said earlier in the, the, the program, the Georgia had lost nine in a row. Twelve years, right? Do I remember that right? What? 88? First time since 88 or 89? Yes. I think they won in 88. 88, yeah. So... Okay. I, th- I think that was like the also the last year they wore red pants. That was Dooley. Goff had never beat him. Donnan had never beat him. And this was the the year that Donnan got fired. Yeah. And it was a big exhale moment. And you know I do have the last seven minutes of Larry Munson, um, basically doing a play by play of the students on the field. I need to somehow fi- find that. Right. I know where it is, but I need to put it in a Dropbox folder and just share it to all of our listeners. But uh, the the crazy thing is, is he's talking about the fans pouring on the field and then you you hear him get excited saying and tim wansley intercepts it and i'm like wait a minute they're still playing the game and all of this stuff is happening so i'm sure a lot of y'all and i've enjoyed reading everybody's comments on things that had happened to them one guy said that he got 
uh, like cut on the elbow and still has that scar that he remembers it by uh, from the goalposts coming down. Uh, I have a friend who was working for the athletic department field crew, and I think he still has a slice of the goalposts uh, <laughs> and is like a paperweight. That's really um, cool. So yeah, a lot of lot of good memories. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it hasn't ever happened again and will never happen again, but I'm glad that it... it yeah, I'm glad just, we were places that just no conceivable game it would happen in. Right, right, right. right. So, uh, so, yeah, that Unless was... Unless they uh, decide to have the national championship uh, in Sanford. In, in San yeah. Hey, I have a question real uh-huh. fast before we get to the next thing. Why have they still not put up a, ba- uh, a banner for winning the SEC two years ago? You know, that's a great question and one of which I pondered almost all of 2018 <laughs> and I've totally forgotten about. Yeah. Maybe Kirby's like... He put a banner up to. I've started running. Uh, uh, yeah, because I've started running back to campus again. Yeah, and and you know they they, they around. Yeah, you could you could run through Sanford mm-hmm. to the other side of Sanford, and I was like, wow, it's gonna be so awesome when they put up two thousand the two thousand seventeen banner, and they still haven't done it. There still hasn't been a. I feel like I mean I it's still it's cool to win the SEC. It's been it's happened once in how many years? Uh, since five, right? <laughs> like no, I mean it's happened. When's the last time Georgia won the SEC before? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. So yeah, it's happened twelve years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do they have an O two and O five banner? I guess they do. They do. They oh, just don't. Yeah. They just don't have the. I, have a, I had a car tag that said two thousand five SEC champions. Yeah. I mean. For crying out loud, the Cardinals put up an NL Central winning banner, and there were no fans there to appreciate it. Like, it feels like they, I don't know, it just feels like something they should do. I agree with you. So, we've talked about the history with Georgia, Tennessee. There's been quite a few memorable games, uh, and so I was going to go through a couple of those and see if Tony can add anything to it. He might not be able to add to this one. Uh, 1973, Georgia. Dude. How old are you? Three? Five. Okay. Well, you're older than me because Will and I weren't even here yet. Georgia trailed. Dude. <laughs> Georgia trailed 31-21 and scored a touchdown in the final minutes as Andy Johnson ran into the end zone for an eight-yard score after he fumbled the handoff and it bounced back into his hands after the botched handoff. The touchdown clinched a 35-31 Georgia victory. Hold on. You know who Andy Johnson backed up in, uh, in, in the pros, right? No. Steve Rogan. Steve Grogan, the the neck roll guy? He went to New England, yeah. (laughs) Grogan. Yeah. 1980, we know what happened. I could have made that up. (laughs) Georgia trailed 15-0 and rallied back behind Herschel Walker, who, on his first collegiate touchdown, what did he do? He trucked Bill Bates, (laughs) all-American safety. I remember that game because I was driving back from – I was in, I was playing all-star football, and we were driving back from Garden City, Georgia, where we had played and won against Garden City. And I remember listening to that game. This whole I am, I was laying on the floor in my parents' van as we drove through South Georgia. I was not in a seatbelt. The van did not have seatbelts <laughs> because Dad took that shit out. <laughs> uh, because, because, because the way the, the vehicle was powered was by us all using our little Flintstone feet. And we're running through the floorboards and carrying. Well, you don't want to get you know how bad cars burn. Then you didn't want to get trapped in the car. Um, <laughs> no, I remember listening to that game, laying on the floor of my dad's pimped out Dodge Ram van, and uh, I remember Georgia winning. The, I remember Georgia finishing that game and winning it. And I think if I saw or if I remember correctly, two weeks ago, Tony Barnhart tweeted out that Georgia first score in that game was a safety. I think that's because right. Because yeah. they they won sixteen to fifteen. 16, yeah, 
because Georgia's first score this year was a safety. All right, uh, next significant game was 2000, of course, and Quincy Carter was the quarterback. It was the first win, we were correct, uh, since 1988. The fans stormed the field, took down the goalposts, and Larry Munson was quoted as saying, the athletic department is about to lose $11,000. We won by 11 points and a lot of praying up here. (laughs) Munson, man. And then you got the year later, I mean, back-to-back games like that, you got Hobnail Boot. Um, I mean, we all remember this, everybody probably listening to this podcast. P44 Haynes. The most amazing part about that was, you know, we had just snapped the streak, uh-huh. but we were still fatalists when it came to playing Tennessee, especially in Neyland, because we hadn't won there since 1980. Yeah. And I remember it was Travis Stevens, Travis Henry, all those great running backs they had. And when Travis Stevens, I think it was a long run with like, what, 40 seconds left down the left sideline, um, scored that touchdown. I was in a condo. I was newly married. I'd been married for four months. And my dear wife, who also went to Georgia, and I was ready to turn it off. She was like, they can come back. And I was like, there's no way they're going to come back. This is this is just impossible. And I was ready to turn it off. She wouldn't let me turn it off. And I started seeing David Green hit Michael Johnson, hit Randy McMichael. Damian Gary had a great uh, kick return, I think, to set that up. Uh-huh. You know, And then slowly but surely, you started to believe until down to those last final seconds. And the great part was how Coach Rick said afterwards that he had told David Green, and there's actually a clip of him like cupping his hands and whispering in David Green's ear, and supposedly it was like, look, this is going to be open. If it's not, put it in you know, five rows into the, the end yeah. zone. It's, it's still such a beautiful uh, replay to see because if you just watch Haynes, it's like the C's part for Moses, and he's just standing there, and he catches that ball and puts one foot down, and, and the it, rest it is It might history. have been the most perfectly designed play. Yeah. I mean, just – the way it worked and to pull so many guys away from him and that one guy open. And then um, a disappointing, but I wanted to bring this up because of uh, how significant it was. But 2007, I was at this game. Tennessee destroyed Georgia 35-14. I think it was like 21 nothing at halftime. Uh, it was up in Neyland. I think I left at half. might have been 28 nothing at halftime. Yeah, I think they ran drag route bubble screens all day. Uh, it was it was brutal. And the interesting part about this is Georgia finished the season 10-2 and with a loss to Tennessee and I think Florida or Auburn. But Tennessee had a chance. that Georgia and Tennessee were tied for the, uh, the SEC East. And it was at the end of the season. Tennessee was playing Kentucky, and all they needed to do, Kentucky was winning, and of course you knew what was going to happen. Kentucky was going to collapse, and Tennessee, a, a kicker with the first name Daniel, I forget the last name, he just nails some clutch kick to beat Kentucky, and then Tennessee goes to the SEC championship game versus LSU, which then the cards fall on that fateful day when LSU beats Tennessee West Virginia lost to Pittsburgh. Georgia starts inching up in the standings. And then what do you know? A two-loss LSU gets the nod for the BCS over Georgia. And that's the game that people point to that kept Georgia out of the national championship that year. Well, probably losing to South Carolina 16-12 earlier Oh, that's season. right. It was South Carolina. Didn't have didn't, – didn't help. Didn't help. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then the – Let's see. Was the Georgia Georgia? I'm. I can cut this out. Um, <laughs> the other thing. You cut that out like Kevin Mays' finger. The other thing that is interesting, of course, the 2016 game was the one where Jacob Eason hits Riley Ridley for the go-ahead 
score, and then Joshua Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs throws the Hail Mary that beats Georgia. The interesting thing, they haven't won since then, have they, Tony? Have not. You know why? It's because in their 2017 spring game, they had a contest of people standing at like the 50-yard line with a cardboard cutout of, was it Juwan Jennings? We'll say it was him catching that touchdown pass and kind of made light of it. And I think that cursed them, perhaps. And hopefully it will through Saturday. And by cursing them, it like, Kirby Smart, like, all right, let's how this going to be. We were all at that game. That, that was, was a, unfortunate. I mean, I think the best way to describe that is a dick punch. Yeah, it that just was, was. That was very unfortunate. Because yeah. that was a great It's a fantastic yeah. game, right? And just that play. Just appreciating again. That was that little run. Remember, because also Issa made that great touchdown pass against Missouri. Right. Like, Issa was a good quarterback yeah. for Georgia. Like, it gets lost a lot. He was actually a pretty freaking good quarterback for Georgia. Yeah, it just goes down to one of those plays that would have been canonized in Georgia lore, the the Eason to Ridley catch. Yep. If that hadn't happened. And I think back to like the the Tyson Browning eighty five yard run against LSU. But then LSU and Matt Mock came, came back, back and yeah. beat Georgia. There's there's probably four or five of those um, that could have been those legendary plays that are forgotten. Yeah. But not to end on a down note, let's talk about uh, fun office pools and the number 11th ranked Tony Waller, uh, who is 18 and 10. I mean, you know, I've, it's been a team effort. We've really worked hard to be where we are. We have room for improvement. Uh, you got to take those, this one pool at a time. 12. You got to take these one one week at a time. And, and then uh, and then what would Will Leach, uh, ranked 41st, uh, say for his uh, efforts? Listen, nobody said we could do it. Nobody said we could do it. They listen. All I'm saying is that, like, you start at the bottom, down here. And the the excuse I have at uh, 56 is that hey, at least I'm not 112 or 113th <laughs> because that's where I've been in the past, and I'm actually putting confidence points this year. That's why. And that's how you that's do better. It's 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 uh, significantly helping me out because I'm only 20 points off of the lead. Yeah. Even if well, so, it's all bunched together. Everybody has a chance. Yeah, I have to say that uh, you know I have now now that I've committed to us just having 10 games in these early season weeks because you we don't have as many games. When the Big Ten and the Pac-12 start, we'll probably have we'll probably go up to 12 or 13 games, um, it, which will create separation, right? Mm-hmm. Because so far the SEC games you've had three or four stinkers. Yeah. And you know, like a couple of games that are relatively close, and then like one close game. Uh, and I look at it spread, right? So um, I'll also say we, um, my family, we decided to get in this year. The whole family put five dollars in. We're not gambling. It's, it's we're going to buy each other bourbon, not for my kids. Um, where was I? Oh, so we're we're, we're doing a pool. Um, my daughter is catching up to me. Like I went from third to eleventh, and I think she went from 40 something to fifteenth or something or maybe 20th or whatever it is, like only a point behind me. So she's taking this a little more seriously than I thought she would. Yeah, she's Maggie. 18th. Yeah, so it's just one point behind she's me. She's one point, yeah. Yeah, Maggie is, Maggie is bringing it up. And then, and then Charlie, bless his heart, he is he's still behind Katie, who gave up last week. Charlie's very much an emotional picker. He uh, He's like, well, I really don't like Vanderbilt, so but I hate – Tennessee more I'm picking Vanderbilt <laughs> or LSU beat us in the national SEC championship not. I'm picking Vanderbilt yeah. and right. I'm not discouraging that because there's $5 on the line probably so let's start this week in the Big 12 the Red River shootout 
Yes. Plus a little bit of a strength. Oklahoma and Texas. Texas is still ranked somehow. Yeah, throw the right. Oh, Oklahoma's one and two. And? Texas is two and one. I'm still taking Oklahoma. They're favored. I got to take Oklahoma. I I still believe in Johnny Rattlesnake or whatever. (laughs) Spencer Rattler. (laughs) Johnny Rattlesnake. Oh, my God. That's that's the best. He does not have a little Baker Mayfield in him. Um, I do think he's going to be. Is Tom Herman one of the biggest disappointments uh, in the recent coaching hires? Well, I mean, at this point, Texas just has a succession of them now, right? I mean. It's Wednesday and Sports Talk, so yes. Um, I mean, honestly, at, at, at this point, like. You know it, what? What's the idea? You get on the bus, and uh, there's there's one asshole in every bus. And if uh, you look around, you can't find the asshole. You're, you're the, the asshole. asshole. Yeah. That's uh, a great, maybe, great analogy. Like Texas, after a while, keeps looking for this perfect coach that's going to fix them everything. And maybe it's Texas. Well, Texas, Texas has um, they have both talent and execution deficiencies on defense. I mean, they're close. I mean, they've scored points, right? Um, Oklahoma's problem is exactly the same, but it is a little first world problem in that they are their their offense has enough points to keep up with them. Oklahoma just keeps shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, they are not the team. I don't know. Maybe they are exactly the team we played in the Rose Bowl, uh, but with a little less offense. But they still haven't figured out defense, right? Even even with the the coordinator hire that, that Lincoln Riley made, um, they're still not quite where they need to be defensively. Having said that, I'm still picking Oklahoma. All right, game of the week. This is probably where game day is. You got uh, Miami traveling up to Clemson. Clemson's still more than a two touchdown favorite over the Canes. They're both undefeated, of course. Yeah, I, I think Clemson. I mean, Clemson. It's going to be this. I'll believe there's a second ACC team that's going to be able to challenge them, uh, unless it's Syracuse. Uh, on uh, when I see it, uh, Clemson big. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Miami is a much better team, but they're still not there. And then you got Louisville going to the flats to face off against, or they're both one and two. I was going to say one and two Georgia Tech, uh, but uh, T- Tech's only win is a three-point victory against terrible Florida State. Yeah, that's, so. that, that win looks a lot worse, actually. At the time, you're like, wow, maybe Florida State is, uh, maybe Georgia Tech's making a move. Now you're like, maybe they're going backwards, actually. So yeah. uh, they gave him, I mean, you know, I, I, I think I, I'm taking Louisville. I am too. Yeah. All right, now to the SEC. Uh, 0-2 Missouri is getting a home game that was supposed to be a road game. LSU's coming to them. So they've had Alabama and LSU in the past three weeks. It's kind of a shame, by the way, that LSU is not going to be able to uh, have the tailgating fans to destroy Columbia the way they destroyed Syracuse back in the day because Mizzou is not ready for the LSU tailgate experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I missed it. He's been running around for a, a while. Bug. Yeah, I saw him around for a while. Um so, Mike Leach, uh, we thought that – was it you, Will, that kind of said this is what Mike Leach yep, would do yeah, last week? Yeah, and that even is though what happens. I think you ended up picking – I did, but against I – Against him? Yeah. Or, or, I, pay, I did pick Mississippi State, but yeah. there were warning flags. There yeah. were reasonable so they, flags. But Kentucky's had a bad struggle. Like they lost a – they lost – who did they play last week? They played – Who, Kentucky? They played Mississippi, yeah. and their, their kicker missed, missed an extra point in overtime. Yeah, that was, that was unfortunate. So, uh, yeah, two disappointing uh, franchises. I feel like Kentucky is more structurally sound. I would put it that way. And, uh, I th- and yeah, I'm, I'm actually picking Kentucky in this. Well, they're favored. Yeah, I have to pick Kentucky here. I mean, they, their defense, 
Look, the trick to slowing down Mike Leach's offense is playing zone. Um, Stoops is fundamentally a defensive coach. He's not going to he's not going to bow Pelini and just don't play zone. Yeah. So, okay, South Carolina at Vanderbilt. That's a get-right game. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> I'll put it that way. It better be. Uh, I mean, if you want to expedite that job getting available, um, lose this game. I am picking South Carolina, but be beware. There could be three 0-3 SEC East teams after this weekend. Wait, if Kentucky be, loses be. to Mississippi State. Oh, could be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because Missouri's going to lose to LSU. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with Will on this. I, give me South Carolina, but look out! It could be. I mean, look, Vanderbilt's defense is decent. They're not great, but they're decent. And I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, Will Muschamp loves more than watching a defensive team play. <laughs> All right, then uh, Arkansas at Auburn. Auburn's favored by 16 and a hook. You think that's a little too high? Yes. I think that's too high. I think that's too high. I think Arkansas, talk about teams being structurally sound. They feel like that. What the the talent's not really there yet, but like there is. You can see – it's good to see a team that feels like knows what it's doing and knows what it's building toward. Just three games into uh, in the Pittman's run. But uh, I don't. I think Auburn gets right, as they say. Yeah, I think that's I'm going to go right. with the Hogs. To win? I think, yes. Good for you, Matt. Yes, I think that uh, Auburn's going to have a hangover effect and that Gus is just going to – you know, spontaneously combust in his mask <laughs> that, that he will, wears. That, that will not be a good. Speaking of things that will change perceptions quickly, <laughs> I just have a, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Uh, all right. So then, uh, Alabama travels to Lane Stadium. No, I'm sorry, Lane Kiffin Vault Hemingway Stadium. Man, this game. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, I mean, Alabama's going to win this game. What time is this game? I guess it, uh, is it a noon game. Six. Oh, it's a seven o'clock game. Six. I just I just did that to have Scott do military time. Twelve. Uh, Eighteen minus twelve is six. 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 That's yeah. a weird start. Yeah, that's. What that I was, was like. my favorite part there. Actually, I wasn't sure if you were confused by the weird start time or uh, that eighteen minus both. twelve six. Both. <laughs> I think those are Central Time. No. Are they? <laughs> I love you, Sally. Like no, that. it's not. It's Eastern. <laughs> okay, six o'clock. Yeah, wow. that game also might get moved because of the hurricane. Uh, there's discussion of playing it on Friday or wait until Sunday. Um, so prepare accordingly. Yeah. Although, Alabama and Ole Miss playing in a hurricane, oh boy. Any chance that, at least in the fir- first quarter, Lane's throwing some crazy plays out there with I assume Plumlee crazy. and... Yes. Yes. Count on Lane Kiffin doing that. Okay. Lane Kiffin's going to... He's going to shoot every shot he has like like last call to bar to Vegas. Man, that guy's going to go... T- he's going to go to town. I mean, he's going to lose by 25, so <laughs> it's going to be 60-40, but that's the score in that game. All right, then you got Florida at Texas A&M. Is that going to be moved? No. No, that's no, going to go east. It's going west. east? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is their second visit to Texas A&M since uh, they joined the conference, which I find uh, scheduling stuff like that. That's kind of interesting. But, yeah, um, A&M had a rough start with the Vanderbilt game when they were they only won 17 to 12 and then they followed that up with kind of a rollover and play dead 52 to 24 loss to Alabama and again you sit there and say when's this whole Jimbo experiment going to work? What is this year work? 5? Year 5 is that? Uh, year 3. Is it? Yeah, I guess it's year 3. Let's say 4. Yeah. Okay, year 4. Okay. Whatever. I think this game's going to be closer than people think. Uh, the spread on this game's 
relatively small. Though, six, right? six and a half for Florida. So that's telling you something. If if the spread on this game were twelve, I would take a And M. Right. Uh, the six is a little it's a little too small for me. Um, I think Florida wins it, but a And M keeps this game interesting. I'm taking Florida. And, and then uh, and big worries in uh, college. Yeah, and then uh, of course, three thirty CBS game of the week. Tennessee travels between the hedges for the first time for Cade Mays since last season, but on the opposite team. I'll go ahead and start. Um, you know, we've made a lot about the history of this game. Georgia finally took the overall lead in the series last year, winning twenty four to Tennessee's twenty three losses. And, uh, you know, it's been pretty dominant the past 10 years for the Dogs going 8-2 and two after uh, decades of mediocrity to less than mediocrity. But as you've seen recently, what, a couple years ago, Georgia won, wins 41 to nothing, And then last year up in Tennessee, Eric Stokes breaks Brian Maurer in half, and Georgia gallops to a comfortable victory in the second half. I think... That's kind of what you're going to see. Even even a couple of years ago here in Athens, it was uh, you know two touchdowns. It was more of a crockpot game. I think Georgia's going to kind of let it all hang out this weekend. I think there's even though Kirby won't admit it, there's a little bit of a grudge match you could call this. You know, some there's some bad blood. Whatever want to gleam from this, but uh, I if I was Kirby Smart, I'd want to put it on Tennessee. It's like the the kid in a Christmas story that's just running his mouth, running his mouth. He's always been that way. And then finally, Ralphie just not going to take it anymore, and he shows that he's really the big kid on the block. So um, Georgia wins 38-12 to 12 <laughs> over Tennessee. Um, okay, I do not think it will be that much of a blowout. Um, I do think Georgia's better, but I do think Tennessee is – amped up for this and I think that I can see us being a little nervous around halftime I can see that to be honest but listen Tennessee is improving they are better than they have been they just don't have like they're not caught up yet like they're not they're not where Georgia is and I think Georgia will be able to wear them down I don't know if it starts out like Auburn well, you can then just sit on them the rest of the game. But it does feel like maybe Georgia's up four at halftime, and we're like, all right, we'd like to be up a little bit more. And then there's a drive in the second half. They get up 10, and they get up 11, and then there's a turnover, and then they can pull away a little bit. So this feels to me like a 31-14 sort of game. I was afraid you are going to take my score. Um so one of the things that I, I didn't mention earlier that concerns me about this game is that in both the Arkansas game and the Auburn game early, uh, our deep pass coverage was problematic. Um, if you remember Arkansas game, they scored a touchdown, uh, and and we just looked all out of sorts on a couple of those long throws that Franks had. Um, Nick's missed a couple of open long passes where either Daniel or. Um, whoever else it was was supposed to be deep in coverage just got just got crossed up and didn't catch up we didn't do that later in the game um Carenton has played well enough to make me think that if we do that in this game he'll make us pay um having said that um at, i still think this game comes down to a battle of 
you know, wills, which means they're going to be a lot of, there'll be a bunch of um, jumbo packages on both sides. By the way, when Tennessee runs a jumbo package, they put both Mays boys in. Uh, Cooper Mays comes in and plays a tight end spot. This way, where's a 90 number? Um, here's the thing about having both the Mays in. They're, they're really disappointed because they don't know how that nursery rhyme ends. Yes. And um, the... Which leads me to believe there's there's going to be Tennessee's going to have several drives and in, in, in field goals or goal line stops. Um, I think the narrative after this game is going to be a little different. It's no longer. By the way, did you see this? The Stetson Bennett. It's all the Heisman. Like he's in Heisman odds now <laughs> at eighteen to one. Dude, that's crazy. But that I think is. narrative after this game is no longer going to be like what's George doing a quarterback. I think it's going to be. How awesome would it be, by the way, if Jacob Eason and Justin Fields never win a Heisman? And Heisman Bennett does. Yeah, Heisman Bennett the fourth. I love that it. would be the best. So, um, <laughs> having said all of that, I think Georgia wins this game, thirty-four to twenty, and the the narrative is no longer uh, what's wrong with Stetson. The narrative becomes what's wrong with Georgia's offense because we allow several long drives. But but keep them out. But somebody's got to talk about Georgia not being very good. I mean Georgia's defense. defense yeah. Georgia's defense. I'm sorry. Yeah, Georgia's defense. What's wrong with Georgia's defense? Uh, of course, we allow several long drives. Never mind that we kept them out of the out of the end zone, uh, and they had to kick all those those field goals. But that's I think that's where we are. Yeah, I'm with you though. This game has all the potential to be like a. Oh, I did not drink enough for this to be yeah. a halftime. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, well, I'm ready. I'm excited. So yeah. you're going. I'm going. going. I have to I'm say, going. resale tickets are not particularly expensive to this. Yeah, game. this game they they came they've come down. Um, so it's interesting. I um I also have tickets to Vanderbilt. So I am I, I find myself very much in the market for Mississippi State tickets because let's do all four of them. Yeah, um, point. At this point, we'll we'll see. I haven't decided yet if I'm doing that. That's the weekend before Thanksgiving. I have uh, I have uh, uh, travels over Thanksgiving. I have to go to Columbus, Ohio, of all places. For a wedding, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, thank goodness we're in these times where I'm not having to like cash in credit with my wife to not have to travel to Ohio on Thanksgiving weekend. But um, so you're you're asking the listeners if they have an extra ticket, you'll wear a mask and an Andy Reid face shield <laughs> to for to be extra cautious. I mean, I'm not. I'm not, I really was saying that I I may well jump in the aftermarket tickets, but you know. I'm not afraid to sit with y'all. <laughs> We're now into the part of the schedule. Last week was the start of the part of the schedule, second week, where we were like, okay, this, we're finding what Georgia is this year. Right. right. We quit ourselves really well last week. This is a game against a team that is very much looking forward and thinking, okay, if we're going to make the step, now's the time for us to make the step, which is where Georgia was five years ago. It's going to be fun. If you're going to the game, yell loud. I'll be the one in orange. No. Please cut that. I'll be the one yelling at people in orange. I meant to say yelling at the people. I'll be the one in overalls. So we'll Uh, we'll we'll be in overalls. I will be the the one in red uh, yelling at the people in orange. Um, Stop by and say, hey, uh, because I'm going again. All right, gents. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm ready for uh, my my birthday Saturday. A little birthday birthday. win for Will. A little birthday. Little, uh, little I, I do have a question. Was the last time Georgia played Tennessee on your birthday? Yes. The horror game? Yeah. Uh, was it my actual birthday? It wasn't my actual It wasn't? Birthday. It's just your birthday party. Okay, good. Okay. It's my birthday party. All right. Okay, thank goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, but, uh, I mean, we were at the Pine drinking late night. We were drinking late night at the Pine. Huh. Very late night at the Pine. That was, was back when we were so young. Horrible. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was five years ago. <laughs> if we were so young then, we're only slightly young now. And we're not slightly young now. I, so, was, in, uh, <laughs> I was in Indiana drinking, so... Oh, man. Um, all right, gents. Well, uh, let's uh, go out there and get them. And hey, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure you stop by our podcast partners, El Barrio or the Pine Bar, in five points before, during, or after the game, and send us your photos via Twitter or Instagram. It's the same handle for both, at WSLS Podcasts. We'll be back on Monday with our postgame show of the Dogs versus the Vols. Have a great weekend, stay safe out there, and we'll see you on campus. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.